What is a cowboy? It's not about hats and horses. Cowboy is about courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And when you put those things together, it spells Christ. And that's what being a true cowboy is all about, riding for the Lord. My name's Kevin Weatherby, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Save the Cowboy. You just sit back, grab you a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride with the Lord. Uh, but it was about, I don't know, three or four years ago, I actually went to my very first horse show. I had never really been to one. I mean, I grew up in Big Lake, Texas, and then moved to Fort Stockton, and if you wanted to go anywhere like that, it was a two-hour drive at best. And so, I had never really been to a horse show, but one of my lay pastors at the Pecos County Cowboy Church was, was entered up in a, in a horse show, and he invited me to come along. So I went up there and everything, and I got there, and I mean, there was the biggest, baddest, living quartered horse trailers you ever seen in your life. And I thought, man, this place is for me right here. And so I go to walking in, and I, I was kind of dressed like this, and most people were not. Um, they had some skinny britches on. They even had form-fitting leggings, made your butt just look real nice. I don't know what nice butt had to do with the with riding in a saddle, but, you know, it worked. Fancy friends, even the boys had sparklies on them. You better not wear sparklies, Doug. They were blinged out. And so, anyway, I went walking through there, and I was like a kid, you know, I was like, God, gum. And I heard two people talking, and he, there's this big Palomino horse, and he said, I'll give you $10,000 for that horse right now. And she goes, you better give me the 30000 next month in addition to that if you want this horse. And I was like, holy smokes, I'm going to run and get my horse. <laughs> Prices are good up here. And so I walk into the ring and there's 400 fancy folks warming up these fancy horses. And my heart started beating real fast because this one fella, he had this horse and that horse's head was all the way on the ground and it was all humped like this. And I was like, pull his head up! Pull his head up! Everybody looked at me like I was an idiot. I started looking around, these all riding like that on purpose. I was like, crap, I got a bronc at the house that does that every day. Should have brought that one. Good grief. And then the show started, and, and I was like, why is all the heads like that? And they're like, that's what they teach them. I said, crap, I teach that in the pasture. You watch Ace, he can graze at 40 miles an hour. And it don't matter how hard you pull on that knucklehead. I don't know what the big deal about horse shows is. Horse trainer, I didn't even know it. But the one that got me the most was I walked up to this round pen, and it's like a 60-foot round pen. And there's a lady standing out there, and she got this 60-foot lunge line deal. And I mean, she's lunging this horse, and this horse is just a purdy, just going around, going around. And she could speed that horse up just a little bit, make him slow down, and he'd do a nice little roll back and everything like that. I was like, Dad, gone. I think he's ready to ride. I think you spent a little bit too much time in the round pen. Throw a saddle on that thing. She goes, we really don't ride this horse. This horse is a professional lunger. I said, that ain't no big deal. 
I got a horse at the house that'll do that. She goes, really? I said, yeah, you put Fiona in a round pen, you gotta chase her all over the pen trying to get her. <laughs> Throw your hat at her. You show people good grief. I love you, I do. I ain't got none but love for you. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Not only that day, it was funny. But like Jared said, you know, we, we've been talking for three weeks now about breaking barriers of why people don't come to church. And a lot of them, you know, I said the very first week, a lot of people don't come to church. And just because it's a poor excuse doesn't mean that it's not a valid excuse. We talked the first week about the number one reason why people don't come to church is because of the hypocrites. And I tell you what, I, you know what, I don't blame them. But you know what, there's not a bigger hypocrite than a hypocrite that points out the hypocrites. You know what I mean? And, and I know that there's hypocrites in the church and we need to quit that because ain't none of us better than another person. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, well, I just don't feel I'm a good enough Christian. Let me, let me point this out right quick. Did you know there's no such thing as a good Christian? There is no such thing as a good Christian. Because in order to have a good Christian, you have to have a bad Christian. And there's no comparison between two people's faiths. Some people might be running down the trail faster than another, but you know what? We, we don't need to be good Christians or bad Christians. We just need to be followers of Christ. How many times, like Jared said, have you been guilty? Because I've been guilty of this. You tell somebody, hey man, you ought to come to church with us, man. We have a great, great time. And they say, you know what? I don't need to go to church. I can worship God just as good out there in the middle of the pastures as I can with a bunch of hypocrites in there. I mean, you hear that especially in cowboy church. I mean, them cowboys, you would think that every time they got on their horse, they rode out into the middle of the pasture and sung some 7-Eleven song and raised their hands up. You know, Dad Gumwell, they ain't doing that. I won't argue that you can worship God just as good in a pasture as you can in a church building, but there's more to following Christ than just worshiping by yourself. If you were a horse, the church, and I'm not talking about any specific building, because that's the first thing that they mistake, is church is never a building. It was never a building. The church is the people. When you go to church, it's not the building they're talking about. It's hanging out with fellow believers. People that think like you and talk like you. Well, y'all might not talk like me, but I mean... <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? I mean, some of you might understand what I'm saying. Some of you are like, what did he say? <laughs> if you were a horse, the church is kind of like the barn. And I know that that's probably pretty too much of a, of a building-type atmosphere. But, you know, where do... Well, all horses except Fiona. Most horses, when it gets stormy or rainy or snowy, if there's shelter, they'll go get in it. Now, Fiona's just scared you're going to bridle her, so she, she toughs it out and she climbs a tree. <laughs> but the church is kind of like a Christian shelter in the storm. When you had that bad week all week long, and I know some of you have had more than bad weeks, but there is something special about getting around people that love you 
and know you and are going through some of the same things. And a lot of times you're not going to come up here and start pouring your heart out about all your problems or anything, but you can just see it in another person's eyes. You know what I'm going through. And I like it, knowing that you're here. If you were a horse, the church would be the barn, and that's where you get the mineral block, is at the barn. Because, you know, wh why do you have mineral blocks? Because sometimes out in the pasture, you just don't get everything that you need to work efficiently and effectively, do you? How many of y'all have licked a mineral block? Come on, be honest. <laughs> y'all lie! <laughs> you, you lie! In church, you lie! I guess me and my son's the only one that looked around and went. <laughs> Except Griffin, Griffin likes sweet feet. He's like, Daddy, it ain't that bad. <laughs> I'm going to go get a drink. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, church is kind of like that mineral block. It's not that the pasture is bad. As a matter of, past, a matter of pasture, as a matter of factor, the pasture is great and God provides. But you know what? Out there all alone, sometimes that horse cannot get everything that it needs. And so it comes in and licks the mineral block. It's kind of what church is. It's where the water is. Jesus said, if you drink from the water I give you, you will never thirst again. Now I know that there's windmills out in the pasture and you can call it whatever you want to, but where the water is is where the life is. And I tell you, there is not a better place. There are other places, but there is no better place to find the living water than coming and hanging out with fellow believers. Give up on all that preaching and all this other stuff. Just come hang out with some cowboys. Come hang out with some cowgirls. And it don't matter if you're a cowboy or cowgirl or not. I mean, we'll take you in. You ain't got to be perfect like us. Or good looking. I mean, some of you just wasn't born that way, and we un <laughs> I'm joking. Good grief. If you were a horse, a church is like a barn. It's a shelter. It's where you go to get something that you might not be able to find out there in the pasture. And it's where the water is. Jesus doesn't want to stall you up in this barn, though. And I think that that's a lot of the problem is people think, oh, you know, I, I love your little analogy, cowboy, but I know as soon as I walk in there, they got the Fiona complex. As soon as I walk in there, they're going to take me and put me in a stall, and all of a sudden I'm going to be like that horse. You'd be cribbing on the... Because Brooke would look silly in a cribbing collar. We're going to put one on you, buddy. <laughs> But Jesus doesn't want to stall you up in the barn. He never said that you had to go to the city, get cleaned up first, and then come to the barn. How many of you would stop your horses during a lightning storm or something like that and go, you can't come in here all dirty like that? You know what? Jesus came down here and He said, I don't care how dirty you are. Come in here, I've got something for you. That's the way church should be. And I'm talking about the people now, not the building. We should never turn somebody away because of their past or even their present because you know what? God sees our future. And He knows our hearts. When we can't see somebody's heart, God knows their heart. He wants you in the pasture. 
But he also needs you to come in sometimes so he can check you over and make sure you're getting what you need out there. Sometimes you may be a little long, may be a little lame. Get somewhere where he can help you, or better yet, where others can help you. Because God works through other people. Now, I'm not saying that you can't depend on God, but I guarantee you, God has spoken words of wisdom and comfort through his children when they're talking to me. Give somebody the opportunity to be God's blessing in your life. One time I went to, uh, it was in Stockton, and, and I was working horseback and doing all this stuff, and a fella came up, and he's like, hey, man, I got me a horse. I'm like, yes. Okay, so. And he said, uh, I, I need you to come help me build a fence. I was like, yeah, I can come help you build a fence. And so I went, he said, I've already got it started. And I was like, all right. And so I went out there, and he had this nice big cross tie. It was, it was planted in right there. And he had about four T-posts lined up and everything. And I saw another cross tie way down there. And I, I was like, so I started kind of looking and looking. I was like, hey, dude, come here. I said, where are you going? And he said, well, down there to that cross tie. I was like, come here. I want you to look at something. And what he had done is he had started at one cross tie and he had stepped off. <laughs> I'll make sure I'm not going to step off the stage. He had stepped off the right amount that he wanted that T-post, and he put it in, and where he was supposed to be going was behind him. And he T-posted that thing in. And then he backed up again, and he lined that one up with the next one. And he T-posted it in. And within about five or six T-posts, if you stood between the two corner braces, he was already off in a, going in a different direction. And I was like... Man, you got to start over. He said, why? I said, your, your T-posts ain't lined up. He said, by gosh, if they ain't, if you stand right here, they're lined up right. And I said, yeah, but your other deal's way down there. He goes, man, you're right. He said, what do we do? I said, well, you need to pull them up. I'm just going to tell you how to do it. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, think about that. You've got to go to the end and look back to make sure that it's straight. And you know what? Sometimes we don't, or not sometimes, we don't have the privilege of doing that. But you know who does? God. He has seen the past. He has seen the present. And He has seen the future. But too many of us are taking it into our own hands and we're just piling away. And before long, we're going in the wrong direction. But if you'll listen to God and you'll follow God... He's standing at the end of your life, and He is making sure that that's straight. Now, some of them may be leaning one way or another, but that ain't no big deal. When we finally got done, and I don't know how that... Well, I mean, if you've ever built fence, I mean, this has happened. You know, we strung out this long string, and we tied it off after it broke 14 times because we was pulling on it too hard. So anyway, we got it all done, and, and it, uh, anyway... We got all these T-posts done, and I'm looking down there. And how it happened, I, I, it just happens. There was one stinking T-post. It's about this far out. I was like, good grief, man. We've been pounding away on this thing. And, you know, that hydraulic uh, pneumatic post driver that we had was just wearing me out. But, I, you know, I guess, you know, we lined it up, and then when you put that, that thing on, it just moves. I mean, it just happens. But when you're worshiping God out there in the pasture 
all by yourself? Tell me, what good does that T-post do when it's this far out of line and not lined up with everybody else? It serves absolutely no purpose. Not to say that it's not strong, not to say that it is being anything other than what it is, but there is something special about lining up with the way God wants you to do and being a T-post in that long line of fences because God ties us all together through His Word, through His love, through the Holy Spirit. And when all of that's tied together, man, it can, it can stand, withstand a lot of things, many things. Even when something goes crashing through it, it usually doesn't tear down the whole deal. You can go out there and splice it back together. We've talked about horse shows. We've talked about building fence. And when I first started preaching, I asked uh, the executive director of the Texas Fellowship of Cowboy Churches, I said, you got any advice on, on preaching? He goes, only one. And we've all heard it before. And he told me that. He said, it ain't nothing that you hadn't heard before. I said, well, what is it? And he goes, they'll remember the first thing you said and the last thing you said. And if you can get those two things as close together as possible, they'll remember more of it. So with that being said, let's do that with Jesus Christ. What was the first thing that he said to his disciples? Not... Not the first words of Jesus, but what were the first things that He said to His disciples? In Matthew 4.19, Jesus walks up to, to Peter and Andrew. They're out there bait casting with some fish and got their depth finder going, and they can see the big fish, right? Yeah, right. I thought that was kind of funny. But Jesus walks out there on the dock, and He says, Hey! They said, What? He said, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That was the first thing that he said to his disciples. Or if you're not quite sure that, that you... Does anybody in here like fishing? I don't. <laughs> this is the way I understand it. Now, I will go fishing if you'll catch a fish and let me reel it in. <laughs> you call me on the cell phone, you tell me when you've got a big one. I'll drive out there and I'll reel it in and claim it as my own. Okay? Y'all get with me after service. But Matthew 4.19, maybe instead of saying, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, you know, if you want to put that in cowboy terms, Jesus says, come and ride with me and I'll, touch, I'll teach you how to gather strays. Maybe you understand that a little better. Come and follow me and I'll teach you how to gather strays. He didn't say, hey... Come over here and pray. He didn't say, hey, y'all get over here and read the Bible. He didn't even say, hey, y'all come over here and, and, and sing, sing me a real lovey-dovey godly song. He didn't say any of that. He said, come and follow me. That was the very first thing that Jesus said. He said, ride with me and I'll teach you how to gather strays. You fast forward three years. <laughs> You get down to the end, Jesus has been crucified. God has raised him back to life. He's being called the first fruits of all of those who are dead in Christ will live again with him in eternity. You fast forward that, and, and Jesus sends all his boys a message, and he says, meet me over here on this mountain. So they go over there, and they, 
climb up this big hill and they see Jesus and he's like, hey man, I'm fixing to ride on out of here. But I got one last thing to say to you. One last thing. In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Jesus gives his final words. Remember, if you, if you see, remember the first thing you say and the last thing you say, I think you can get a pretty good understanding of what Jesus Christ wants from us. In the beginning, he walks up and he says, Hey man, come on and ride with me. And then at the end, he says, So go and make followers of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I've told you to do. Riding with God doesn't mean that you just go out and pray by yourself in the pasture. It says, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. You know, Jesus didn't just take one cowboy, He took 12 of them. And everywhere He preached, there's a multitude of people that came in to listen to Him. There's something special about meeting with the church. It means to gather strays and teach them how to gather more strays if you want to talk about following Christ. He said, follow me. And then at the last, He says, go and teach others to ride for me also. How are we going to do that? So that person that says, I can worship God better out in the pasture by myself, well, that's great. But are you making followers? Are you baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Are you teaching others how to obey everything that Jesus said? That was the last thing He said. That's a big task for one person. But what happens if we all line up? And we all get on the same page. And I know that this place is full right now. You know how many people I've invited to church? How many people I've invited to save the Cowboys since we've been here? About five or six. That's it. Everything you see here is a result of what y'all have done. Spreading the Word of God. Not what I have done. This is about y'all, not me. Every one of you have been either on the receiving end or on the giving end of wanting to introduce somebody to Jesus Christ, and that's exactly what He said to do. God's not looking for fancy show horses that can only do one thing. He's looking for tough ranch horses that can do a lot of things well. Some of us are going to go out and rope wild steers. Some of us may do uh, check fences. Some of us may be cutters. It doesn't matter. As the body of Christ, we will get this accomplished, not alone, but together. Get together with cowboys and cowgirls willing to ride for His brand. Church isn't about music or preaching. It's about getting everyone together for the big gathering. You know, this old world is full of tough trails and scary switchbacks. Our prayer is that God spoke to you today through His Word. If you heard God talking to you, just get on the internet and visit us at SaveTheCowboy.com. We're trying to reach every corner of the globe wherever there might be a cowboy or cowgirl that needs to hear God's Word in a way that they can understand. But we can't do that without your support. You can become a saddle partner with us at our website, www.SaveTheCowboy.com, or contact us at 303-621-0133. Get out there and do what God's telling you to do. This program was brought to you by Western LLC, facility development for the oil and gas and aviation industries across the western United States. Reach them at westernllc.net. Also by the good folks at Integrity Auto Repair in Kiowa, Colorado. 
and Comanche Creek Enterprises. Contact them today for no-till drilling and burrowing rodent control.